What is up, everyone? Welcome uh, to the Giants Nation podcast. I'm your host, Justin Roman, and first of all, I hope everyone's having a wonderful Sunday afternoon. Um, guys, um, guys, this is it. It's officially NFL week. We are officially four days away to kick off the uh the NFL season for the 2023, uh, um, for 2023, now we're going to be seeing the Detroit Lions facing the Kansas City Chiefs, um, this upcoming Thursday at Arrowhead Stadium <clears throat> at 8 o'clock p.m. on the, on NBC, or you can watch it on Peacock, um, but yeah, um, gonna be exciting um guys we are also <clears throat> we're also um we're also uh six or like we're also uh six seven days away from the new york giants oh six days away from the new york giants and the dallas cowboys to face off um that will be happening that game will be happening um um, uh, next Sunday, um, September 10th, um, at 8 o'clock p.m. at MetLife Stadium, so, yeah, and don't forget, guys, I'm gonna be doing my picks, um, on, on this, up uh, this Wednesday, um, so, yeah, uh, but, yeah, um, but, yeah, uh, I decided, so, um, like I said, I hope everyone's having a wonderful um, day today. Um, I hope everyone had a wonderful summer. Obviously, the summer's officially over because we are in the month of September. Tomorrow is Labor Day. Um, so, yeah. Um, hope everyone has a wonderful holiday because Labor Day is a holiday. So, yeah. Um, but, guys, I, I decided to come on here today. Uh, just because I'm a lot of you guys were asking me some interesting questions. Um, most of them were about the Giants' uh, talent. You know, um, obviously, we all saw what Joe Shane did this offseason. You know, getting the piece, you know, just making this team better. You know, going out and getting Darren Waller. Drafting Jalen Hyatt, resigning Darius Slayton, you know, um, obviously signing Daniel Jones to a long-term deal, getting Saquon Barkley back. Um, the defense looks a whole lot better. You know, it's just, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be very exciting. Um, but a lot of you guys were looks like a lot of you guys. Um, Looks like a lot of you guys want me to talk about if the Giants are clo- are closing the talent gap in the NFC East. Um, well, let's, well, um, that's a pretty, it's a, it's tough though, because, you know, the NFC, the NFC East is, you know, and the, like, this is why this division is one of the best in the, in, in the NFC conference, because there's so many there's so many talented on, there's so much talent on every single team. Obviously, 
obviously we all know what Jalen Hurts can do. You know, in this heat. You know, Philadelphia is the Philadelphia is the cream of the crop. You know, they're the top, you know, they're the top dog in the NFC. You know, we already know we already know how talented the Cowboys are. You know, the Cowboys have one of the they have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And even though a lot of people aren't talking about Washington, they got talent. Talent. They got Chase Young. You know, now we're like I said before, we're gonna see what happens with Chase Young after this season because the Commanders didn't um, the the Commanders didn't accept uh, Chase Young's fifth year option. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that whole thing goes down. Um, I liked what I saw from Sam Howell in the preseason. Sam Howell looked pretty good. You know, the Commanders have talent. They got Terry McLaurin's no scrub. You know, CJ, you know, Curtis Samuel's no scrub. You know, I like Antonio Gibson. <clears throat> you know, so they got some players, you know. Um, but it looks like you guys want me to, uh, some of the questions you guys are asking me, Justin, uh, were like, Justin can, did the Giants close the talent gap? Well, let's, well, um, okay, here's what I would do. I'm going to try to rank, I'm going to rank all the offenses in the NFC, you know, position by position, you know, so let's get right into it. Um, like I said before, the Giants are less than two weeks away from their week one home game against the uh, the Cowboys, the Giants exceeded expectations last season and posted a nine and seven and one record before earning their first playoff victory since uh, they went to the Super Bowl um, in the year of 2011. Only one of those nine wins were against NFC East opponents. You know, just a few short years ago, the division was mocked as the NFC least because. The 7-9 Commanders seized the 2021st seed, which in part can be attributed to decisions made by former Eagles uh, head coach Doug Peterson, and now what is known as the Nate Sutfield game. If the, obviously, like if the Giants want to make it back to the playoffs, obviously you get, like, it's very simple, but it's also very hard. You got to win more games. You know, you got to win more than just win the divisional game. And the Giants will receive that opportunity to tie last year's divisional win uh, total in week one. You know, after losing 38-7 to against the Eagles in the divisional round, Joe Shane stated there was a talent gap between the two franchises. Between the two franchises. You know, um, since making those comments, Joe Shane has been asked a few times if that talent gap has been closed. His answer was, we'll see. You know, so um, I'm going to be so I'm going to be ranking each position, uh, each position group in the division. You know, the team that I believe is the strongest in any given uh, position group will receive four points. The second strongest, uh, the second strongest will receive three points. The third strongest will receive two points, and the fourth will, the fourth strongest will receive one point. 
like this exercise doesn't uh, account for the uh, to for the uh, totality of success, but rather just the talent on the roster. However, the Giants are the only team in the division that retain both coordinators. This fact rightfully pleased many. <clears throat> this fact rightfully pleased many supporters of the Giants. You know, so let's start with the quarterback position. <clears throat> um, as of right now, um, as of right now, um, at quarterback, I'm gonna give the Eagles. I'm gonna give the Eagles. Uh, look at obviously when you look at Jalen Hurts, you know, um, Jalen Hurts is, you know, he's the, you know, some Giants fans. Uh, some Giants fans are gonna have a problem with me saying this, but. Jalen Hurts, he's the best quarterback in the NFC. You know, and I hate saying that because he uh, he beat the Giants three times, but there's no surprise. The Eagles had one, they, everything they had was top notch. I mean, <clears throat> they had one of the best offensive lines. They had a really good receiving core. Um, and Nick Sirianni just, he's a really good head coach, you know, um, everything of, and the Eagles had one, they had one of the best defenses in the NFL, so, you know, so, it's not a surprise, you know, um, it's not a surprise why they were so good, I mean, I said it, I said it last, I said it when we lost to the Eagles in the playoffs, Everything you see about them, it's great. The Giants, we didn't have anything like everything. We didn't have anything talent-wise. We didn't talent-wise. We didn't have anything that was even close to what they had, you know. Um, so I got I gotta put Jalen Hurts at number one. I gotta put I gotta I got I gotta give Jalen I gotta give. Uh, the Eagles four points, um, just because I still look at, I look I understand the Eagles lost both of their coordinators, you know, um, and that can get a little tricky sometimes. I mean, we saw with Josh Allen, Josh Allen lost Brian Dayball, who Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator for Josh Allen for four years, four or five years in Buffalo. Ever since Brian Dayball left, everyone. Everyone looks at Josh Allen now and saying Josh Allen looks like he's t- he's t- looks like Josh Josh Allen doesn't look like, he doesn't look like the same quarterback we all saw, you know um you know um in year one <clears throat> when Stephon Diggs came in, you know so I gotta put jo- I gotta put Jalen Hurts at number one at number two um. Um, I gotta put, um, I gotta put Dak Prescott. Darn it! <sighs> Look it. <sighs> I understand. I understand there's been a lot of talk about Dak and his turnover problem, but the Cowboys are very talented and... I just, I think Dak is going to, I think Dak, like if you're Dak Prescott, you're going to want to prove something, you know, um, this is a very interesting one though, because we don't know how good Dak really is, 
Like, if you really think about it, Dak, at some point, he's going to have to throw the football. And we don't, like, no one knows if that right, no one knows if Dak Prescott throws the football, if, no one knows if that's going to mess up the Cowboys. We all saw Dak Prescott throw the football last year, and he threw 15 interceptions, you know, and the Cowboys don't have an easy schedule, you know, so, I mean, you at some point, you gotta let that. You gotta let Dak throw the football. You know, I mean, you're not gonna go anywhere running the football with Deuce Vaughn or Tony Pollard. The Cowboys really don't have a a a all around back on their on their roster. You know, they have they have a lot of home run hitters. You know, Tony Pollard is a home run hitter. Deuce Vaughn is a home run hitter. They, those guys are not going to get anything done when they're in the first two weeks. You got to go up against the Giants' defense, who's going to be—they're going to be going after you—and the Jets' defense. So you got to pass the ball, you know. So I think this is an interesting one. I think Daniel Jones will have the better season due to decision making, you know, and Daniel Jones. He had a better year than Dak Prescott. You know, and I understand Dak was hurt, but Daniel Jones threw less interceptions. You know? Um, <clears throat> but as of right now, I'll say Dak Prescott. You know? I'll say Dak Prescott. Um, so I'll give the Cowboys three points. Obviously, I'll give the... I'll, I'm gonna give my I'm I'm gonna give my Giants uh, two points and I'm gonna give the Commanders um, one point. You know, look at I like look at Sam Howell. He's gonna be very interesting to see. Um, um, you know he's gonna be you know that's all I gotta say. You know, um, he looked amazing uh, last. He looked amazing in the last game. You know, in the last two, three games of last season, but that was, you know he didn't play a full regular season game. You know, so let's see how let's see how Sam Howell really looks in a full regular season game against first team against star against star defensive players who are going to look to get the ball away from you. Can, like, what can can Sam Howell? Can he? find ways to lead this offense down the field, you know, so, and I don't know, you know, so, we're gonna see, <clears throat> so, that's my, uh, that, so, so that's, uh, that's my ranking for the quarterback position, um, Look, I mean, the steps Jalen Hurts took as a passer last season were impressive. You know, the big time throw percentage of 4.1% and only 11 turnover worthy plays. Jalen Hurts may have won the MVP if, like, if it wasn't for the week 15 injury that sidelined him for a couple of weeks. Jalen Hurts was seventh in overall on target percentage with an average of 8.0 yards per attempt. 
which ranked fifth in the league. Yes, Jalen Hurts benefited from an elite offensive line and two dynamic wide receivers that forced defenses into precarious situations. When defenses aligned in two high looks, the Eagles would run the ball well, winning the mathematical advantage, um, advantage in the box with Jalen Hurts' incredible athletic gifts, while also operating an efficient RPO attack. However, if the defense aligned in single high looks, Jalen Hurts had, you know, had his choice of one-on-one matchups for both AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Jalen Hurts and you know environment is a massive advantage for the 25-year-old. You know, still he was able to seize that advantage to tune of 4,000 total yards and 35 total touchdowns with a low second-half throw rate since the Eagles dominated so many matchups last season. he had, Jalen Hurts had 70 passes of 20 or more air yards last season with 60 of those throws to wide receivers who had less than three yards of separation. He's also coming off a Super Bowl appearance where he performed exceptionally well. As of right now, like Jalen Hurts is the number one quarterback in the NFC East, you know. Look at the margin. Look, the margin. I, I said this before. The margin between Dak, Dak Prescott, and Daniel Jones, it's thin. But I have to go Dak at number two. You know, look at Dak has struggled with injuries since he broke his leg against the Giants in week five of the 2020 season. He's missed a pair of games in each of the last two years and was hobbled through both seasons. You know, Dak, you know, Dak has, you know, has averaged 7.3 yards per attempt with 4.3% big time throw rate. He had 18 turnover worthy plays and had a career high 15 interceptions last season. He was 13th in on, um, uh, he was 13th in, um, in, uh, on target percentage. And he only threw for 2000, uh, he only threw for more than 2000 yards and 394 attempts. From a, from a uh, statistical standpoint, last season, it was rough for Dak Prescott. Still, when going through uh, the tape for the Cowboys, still going through uh, through uh, Dallas's tape, Dak's ability to quickly process and deliver uh, pinpoint accuracy on, on throws 20-plus yards downfield are still traits Dak can uh, possess. You know, he had, <clears throat> I mean... He had 46 uh, uh, throws with 20 or more air yards, and 30 of them were considered big-time throws. You know, like I have a lot of respect for Kellen Moore, who is now uh, the new offensive coordinator for the Chargers, but the offense was complex. The necessity of that complexity can be questioned. Still, Dak is undervalued as a starting quarterback, and his position as my number two quarterback in this division is uh, tenuous with last year's um, ascension of Daniel Jones. You know, now that uh, speaking of Daniel Jones, let's talk about my guy, Danny Dimes. Look, I love what I saw from Daniel Jones last year. And the athletic, the athletic element of his game can't be understated. Similar to Jalen Hurts with much lesser talent. The coaching staff fully understands how to leverage Daniel Jones' skills. You know, Daniel Jones, he was the, I mean, Daniel Jones was the most bootleg quarterback last season. You know, 
his ability to throw on the run and extemporize plays vastly improved from the 2021 season. However, <clears throat> there are plenty. Look at, however, there are still parts of Daniel Jones' game that remain in question. He ranked 40th of 41 quarterbacks in big-time throw rate last season. Matt Ryan was the only quarterback behind Daniel Jones whose big-time throw rate was just 1.4% with 19 turnover <clears throat> with 19 turnover-worthy plays. You know, Daniel Jones, he only attempted 28 passes of 20-plus yards last season, which is understandable because the receivers he was thrown to can't. They couldn't catch, you know. His, I mean, his average yards per attempt was 6.8, which ranked 26 in the NFL. However, Daniel Jones was very efficient and accurate with his passes. He ranked number one in on-target throw percentage and consistently made the defense pay within the scheme by making sound decisions from the line of scrimmage to about 10 yards downfield. So, look, I was impressed with Daniel Jones last season. And I feel like Daniel Jones and Dak Prescott are close. But I have to see more of an ability of Daniel Jones to threaten defenses vertically from, you know, and, you know, obviously he got paid $40 million. <clears throat> he, got, he got paid. And now he's a $40 million a year quarterback, you know. And look at I'm an, I'm a realist. Everything I saw from that Giants offense was not good. Daniel Jones did not have a real supporting cast. You know, the offensive line was a mess. He didn't have any real receivers, and he was playing in a new system. Now he's going to be playing with some, with some pure talent. He's going to be playing with a coaching staff that's really good and that really helps him in big-time games. Big-time uh, games. I was impressed with Danny Dimes, you know? He And like I said, he didn't have the best supporting cast to exploit defenses in that manner last season, but that has since been rectified. And to Sam Howell, look, I think Sam, I think Sam Howell could be a good quarterback for Washington, but I just haven't seen enough yet for that. The, I, I haven't seen enough yet uh, for that. The commander's coming last. So that's my that's my ranking for the quarterbacks. For the running backs, it's very simple. I gotta put it's very obvious. The Giants have the best. We have the best running back in the NFC East. I got we gotta say Quan Barkley when healthy. I said it before. When healthy, there's no one like we gotta say Quan Barkley. You know, I gotta put I gotta give my Giants four points. I'll give the Eagles three points. You know, I'll give the Commanders two points. I'll give the Cowboys one point, and here's why. Saquon Barkley secured, you know, the Giants as the number one team at running back in in, uh, the NFC East. I mean, look it. There's no question. He's the best talent of the bunch, although Tony Pollard could push Barkley for that honor. Still, Saquon... Uh, Saquon Barkley and Matt Breida are a good one-two punch with differing skill sets and NFL track records of success. Um, Eric Gray has upside, but obviously he must improve his pass protection. And Gary Brightwell did well in limited uh, work last season. Um, on paper, 
Um, the Eagles are easily uh, second in the NFC East. You know, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott are an excellent uh, quartet. If if um, if Rashad Penny can stay healthy, he may have more upside than any other running back on the Eagles, which is saying a lot. Which is saying a lot since DeAndre Swift's explosive nature can flip games. Um, Rashad Penny, you know, he had an insane four of uh, four point two. He had a, he had an insane four um, four point twenty three and four point fifty two yards after contact number in the last two seasons, respectively. This will be a running back by by committee. You know, with the Eagles scheme and Jalen Hurts at quarterback, it'll be an, you know it'll be an effective one. You know, and to the Commanders. The combination of Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson ranks third in this division. I love that duo, but it lacks the star power of Saquon Barkley, and it isn't as deep as the Eagles, so they slide in comfortably at uh, number. Uh, they slide the, the Commanders from from the, from the running back position. They slide comfortably at third, and obviously I got the Cowboys at fourth. Look, I love Tony Pollard, and it pains me to you know. I don't, I don't really care. I don't really care if it. I don't. I don't really care if it pains the Cowboys. I just really don't care. But Tony Pollard, seriously, Tony Pollard, he averaged 5.3 yards per attempt and had 31 yards of 10 yards, 31 runs of 10 yards or more on just 193 carries. He ranked Tony Pollard ranked third in the NFL in breakaway uh, percentages behind James Cook and Kenneth Walker the third. Look at Tony Pollard is a stud. My only concern is depth and his workload. He isn't a small scat back. He's a six foot two hundred ten. He's six foot two hundred ten pounds. Still, it's unclear how many more work he'll experience this season. Um, rookie Deuce Vaughn, who's also who's only five foot, who's only five foot, who's only five foot five, is behind Tony Pollard along with um, undrafted free agent. Rico uh, Rico Dotto, who only has seven career carries. If either of those players uh, proves worthy of a role, the Cowboys won't be fourth, but that has yet to happen. Um, at wide receiver, so the, yeah, those are my rankings for the, uh, for the running backs for the NFC East. For the wide receivers, I got the Eagles at one. I got the Cowboys at two. I got the Giants at three. I got the I got so I'm gonna give the Eagles four points. I got I'm I'm gonna give the Cowboys two uh, three points. I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna give my Giants two points, and I'm going to give the Commanders one point. Here's why I got the Eagles at number one. It's very obvious. The I mean the combination of AJ Brown and Devontae Smith is easily number one in the division. You know those two of the top twelve are you know those are. Though, you know, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are clearly two of the top 12, arguably uh, the top 12 receivers in the NFL. You know, uh, you know, a lot of my Zacchaeus um, is the third uh, third option who he can be efficient with the two targets um, a game. He'll likely see behind the dining, uh, uh, behind A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. C.D. Lamb is one of the best pure talents at wide receiver, and the addition of <clears throat> the addition of Brandon Cooks 
you know, it's going to be annoying for the rest of the NFC East. You know, Brandon Cooks, is he's still pretty young. He's only 29 years old, and he can threaten defenses at all three levels of the field. Michael Gallup is another year removed from knee uh, surgery and should operate as the X receiver for Mike McCarthy. Look, I was so tempted to put the Giants over, over the Cowboys, not due to uh, homerism, I don't think, but because the Cowboys have receivers on the roster, I wouldn't trust. Whereas I trust all of the active receivers on the Giants roster. Still, CeeDee Lamb's star power gives the Cowboys the nod. Now, let's get to my Giants here. You know, obviously, the Giants receive the receiver room for the Giants. It's full of competent, versatile pass catchers who have upside. Jalen Hyatt, Paris Campbell, and Darius Lane add an explosive element. Isaiah Hodgins was a steal for the Giants last season and may lead the Giants in snaps. Sterling Shepard and Wando Robinson are healthy. There's no clear cut number one receiver for the Giants, but there are plenty of trustworthy options for Daniel Jones. You know, um,. And for Washington, look, both Terry McLaurin and second-year wide receiver Jahan Dobson are underrated football players, in my opinion. And here I am ranking them last in the division. Look, Terry McLaurin, you know, he's starting the season injured, which knocked Washington down below Dallas. But he should be back at some point early in the season. I'm speculating that happens. Um, Curtis Samuel, is a versatile, he's a versatile weapon uh, similar to Paris Campbell. I like their like I, I like Washington's receiving corps and even depth uh <clears throat> and even depth uh deep threats like Yami Brown. But the Giants have more options than than uh, Washington has. So yeah. So that's my uh that's my rankings for the NFC East at wide receiver. Now let's get to tight end. <clears throat> I'm obviously gonna give my Giants four points. I'm going to give the Eagles three points. I'm going to give the Cowboys two points. And I'm going to give the Commanders one point. It's very obvious. The Giants have the best tight end in the NFC East. Darren Waller, when when he's at his best, he's a top four, top five tight end. I mean, there's no question. You know, um, Daniel Bellinger is an excellent two-way option who can block. And Lawrence Cater also offers athletic upside as the third tight end. The Giants, <clears throat> excuse me. The uh, the thirteen the Giants thir- thirteen personnel play action passing attack should be interesting. Look at Dallas Goddard has star power at tight end for the Eagles and receives a hefty uh, chunk of the receiving uh, uh receiving pie from Jalen Hurts in a very concentrated passing attack. Jack Stoll and um Graham um uh, Calcaterra. Our young players who were adequate in 12 personnel last season, but the Eagles just added Albert. I can't say his last name. Okay, okay, Wubunam. What's that? Says last name, right? Um, he's um he's from uh he's a former player from the Denver Broncos. Um, Alberto. I'll just say Alberto. I'm gonna say Alberto. Albert O. He's an elite as he's an elite athlete who was the odd man out for Sean Payton. He could be a threat. You know, he could be a threat up the seam in the Eagles. 12 personnel play action passing attack if you can stay healthy. Um, the Cowboys, they're very thin at tight end, and I debated the Cowboys and the Commanders for this last spot. I decided on the Cowboys for uh, third because I really like Jake Ferguson when he came into the NFL out of Wisconsin. 
he will assume the role uh, vacated by Dalton Schultz and should see plenty of targets. If Luke Shoemaker, if you know, if Luke Shoemaker can get healthy, that'll be a plus for the Cowboys' upside of uh, of uh, that that would that would be a plus for the athletic upside of the Cowboys' tight end room. I hope it doesn't. You know, Peyton Hendershot had a solid season as an undrafted rookie last year as well. And to Washington, I yep, I got I got the Commanders last again. Like I swear, I don't I don't hate. I swear I don't hate the Commanders. You know, I don't hate them as much as I don't. I don't hate them as much as I do cow, the Cowboys and Eagles. You know, not anymore. Then I despise the other two teams. Still, look, um, Logan Thomas um, has struggled with injuries and seems a bit long in the in the tooth. Cole Turner is unproven with limited blocking upside. Uh, but I liked him as a receiving threat at Nevada. You know, John Bates was one of my low-key draft crushes due to his elite blocking ability at Boy State. You know, I just haven't necessarily seen that translated yet. But he could be a name um, to watch. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my uh, that's my ranking. Uh, those are my tight those are my tight end rankings for the NFC East. For uh, now, let's get to offensive tackles. Let's get to the big boys. I'm going to give the Eagles four points. I'm going to give the Giants three points. I'm going to give the Cowboys two points. I'm going to give the Commanders one point. This is interesting. Um, Obviously, Eagles arguably have the best pair of tackles in the NFL with Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata. It is debatable. But Andrew Thomas may be the best overall tackle in this division. Evan Neal still has much to prove, but I'm confident in the Giants starting tackle situation. The swing tackle spot is, however, troublesome. Tyler Smith, the Cowboys first round pick in 2022, um, um, played very well at tackle last season. He'll likely slide into the left uh, left guard spot with Tyron Smith up, um, with Tyron Smith back from injury. Uh, the 32-year-old uh, Tyron Smith must stay healthy, which he struggled to do. Terrence Steele is a solid overall starter for the Cowboys at right tackle. The upside of the Giants uh, exceeds what the Cowboys currently has at tackle, especially if Tyler Smith is playing guard. Again, Washington comes in last. Look, Eric Bannemi brought Andrew Wiley to Washington from uh, the Chiefs. That's a smart move. Now, um... Um, Andrew Wiley is a capable veteran. You know, Charles Leno Jr. is tasked to play left tackle with Cornelius Lucas as the swing tackle. The former, you know, look at the former is aging and surrender the guy that uh, he surrendered 37 pressures with eight sacks last year, you know, and the latter had 34 pressures and four sacks surrendered in fewer snaps than Charles Leno Jr., you know, so. Those are my rankings for the for the offensive tackles in the NFC East. Let's get to the guards. Uh, I got to give the Cowboys four points in this one. I got to give the Eagles three points. I'm going to give the Giants two points. Yep, I got the Commanders last. I got to give the Commanders one point. Look at it. The Cowboys have a combination of a second-year player who is very impressive, Tyler Smith, and a future Hall of Famer in Zach Martin. 
there, you know, they're e- they're easily number one in the NFC East. You know, there's a tier gap. There's a tier gap between the Cowboys and the Eagles, who the Cowboys lost. Uh, the Cowboys lost Isaac Sumalo in free agency. Um, Landon Landon Dickerson has proven to be a competent NFL starter. He will man uh, the left guard spot on the right side. The Eagles will. It looks like the Eagles are going to either start Cam Jurgens or Tyler Steen. Cam Jurgens had the inside track, albeit he seemed more like the plug-and-play center. Um, uh, he looked like he looked like the plug-and-play center option since Jason Kelsey retires. The right guard spot should be an issue for the Eagles, but both options were good college. Both players were good college uh, football players. You know, look, I debated between the Giants and the Commanders for the last spot and settled for the Commanders again. Look at so, look at so, Sadiq Charles was inconsistent at right guard last year, and now the 24-year-old is expected to play left guard. You know, um, Sam Cosme was drafted uh, to be a tackle and was respectable in his snaps at right guard, most of which came against the Giants. Look at the Giants uh, trio of Ben Bridgeson, Joshua Zuda, and Mark Lewinsky is deeper, and it's a more proven group. So, yeah. So, yeah, those are my uh, rankings for the guards in the NFC East. Now the center. Um, this is pretty interesting. Um, I got the Eagles at four points. I got the Giants with three points. I got the Commanders at two points. And I got the Cowboys at one point. Um, this is very interesting. Um, obviously, I, I put the Eagles first again because, look, Jason Kelsey—he's one of the best centers in the NFL. He's one of the best centers in the NFL. He's a future Hall of Famer, and he, look—he's still playing at a high level at his age. You know, even at 35 years old, John Michael Schmitz is more than a decade younger than than uh, Jason Kelsey, and this kid hasn't taken an—he hasn't taken an NFL regular season snap yet. But he is my number two option in this division. He's First of all, he's adaptable, he's smart, and has no glaring weaknesses in his game. You know, I thought, you know, you guys heard me say all the good things about this kid in preseason. John Michael Schmitz looked amazing in the preseason, you know. Um, um, former uh, Giant, uh, former um, former player for the New York Giants, Nick Gates, he's going to be the third option in the division. And, look, he's closely followed by former Wisconsin Badger, Tyler Biedas. These two were close, but I feel like a healthy Nick Gates not only brings the proper temperament to the gridiron to the gridiron for the Commanders, but he's an effective player in both the run and pass phases of the offense. You know, so here's my final thoughts. Let's check out the offensive. Uh, let's check the out. Let's check. Let's look at the. Let's look at the offensive tally for uh, all teams. I gave the Eagles 25 points. I gave the Giants 20 points. I gave the Cowboys 16 points, and I gave the Commanders nine points. So look, the Giants ranked second in the division behind the Eagles in this exercise. Um, I will be I will be uh, doing the defensive version soon, which will prompt everyone to calculate both the offense and defense. So please, so yeah, guys, let me know what you guys think about. Um, about um about this one look it's gonna be very interesting you know so i got the eagles from from an offensive standpoint i got the eagles i got the eagles at number one i got the i got the giants at number two i got the cowboys at number three 
And I got the Commanders at number four. I think when you look at the Giants, I think when you look at the Giants from a town perspective, I think I feel like it's I feel like everything's gonna go down to the quarterback. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. Daniel Jones, I feel like he's going to have a better season than Dak, you know. And even though a lot of people are going to call me crazy, it can happen, you know. I mean, Daniel Jones, he cut down on the turnovers, you know. He, I mean, Daniel Jones, if he did everything, he did everything that you want. He did everything that you would want to see in the quarterback. He, you know, he can escape pressure. You know, I mean, the guy had more. Daniel Jones had more than 600 yards rushing. You know, you never seen Dak Prescott do that. You know, you know, um, he can escape pressure. You know, he just hasn't, he didn't have anyone to throw to. The only players he, the only player, the only player he had was Saquon Barkley, you know, and Darius Slayton. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out, you know, but from, I feel like every team in this division, if their quarterbacks can step up, this can be a very interesting one, you know, um, but obviously we don't know what we're going to get from Sam Howell, you know, we don't know what, we don't know how good, we don't know if Dak is going to continue, we don't know if Dak is going to step up this year, I think when you look at the, obviously in every division, there's got to be, there's got to be some team fighting the team fighting the team that won the division last year. I look at the Giants and the Eagles as two teams that could be fighting for the NFC East crown. Because when you look at Daniel Jones and when you look at Jalen Hurts, they're not different. They're not that different. I mean, they both can run the ball as good as any other quarterback in the NFL. The only difference is that Daniel Jalen Hurts had weapons. Daniel Jones didn't. Jalen, Jalen Hurts had one of the best offensive lines. Daniel Jones didn't. So, knowing that the Giants' offensive line is better, knowing that the Giants have better, um, better options on the outside, besides Saquon Barkley, you know, and Mike Kafka is going to be there once again. I'm excited. You know, I think Daniel Jones is going. To, I'm telling you guys, I think he's going to be. I think Daniel Jones is going. I feel like Daniel, I think Daniel Jones, here's what, here's what I'm trying to say. I think due to Daniel, with Daniel Jones succeeding, I think that will close the talent gap. You know, the Giants defense, it's going to be better this year. I'm excited to see Deontay Bates and Trey Hawkins, the third show up, because I believe those two guys are going to, I think those two guys are going to be a really good duo in the NFL. We all know how good Saquon Barkley is. Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in this division. I'm excited. You know, it's going to be interesting, but that's all I got to say. And yeah, guys, those are my uh, final thoughts. Um, And yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Um, Yeah, um, so if you're going to ask me, did the Giants close the talent gap? I believe they, I believe they did. I believe the Giants did close the talent gap, you know, because I mean, the Eagles lost both of their coordinators, you know, and like I said before, when, you know, when, jo- when Josh Allen, 
when Josh Allen lost his coordinators, Josh Allen didn't look the same. You know, so we don't know. We might see the same. Will that happen with Jim Hurts? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen, but what I do know is this. Daniel, the Giants have, the Giants are the only team in the NFC East that have, that still have the same corners they have, the Giants are the only team that have the same coaching staff from last year, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how, it's going to be interesting, and that's why I keep on saying, this division could go down to the Giants and the Eagles, you know, because I'm not, I'm not going to give it to the Commanders yet, because I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to get from Sam Howell. You know, um, and the Cowboys, like, no one knows how good Dak's going to be, you know, because at some point, Dak is going to end up, he's going to have to throw that football, you know, I mean, Jerry Jones didn't bring in, he didn't bring in Brandon Cooks for no reason, Jerry, (laughs) Brandon Cooks is a, he's a 1,000 yard receiver, you know, Brandon Cooks, he's, he's, he's known for catching big time passes. You know, Dak, and look, I don't know if that's going to happen. <clears throat> so it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Um, let me know how you guys feel about, um, let me know how you guys feel about um, what I had to say about this whole topic. And yeah, um, well, yeah, th- those are my rankings um, from an offensive standpoint in the NFC East position by position. You know, so it's going to be interesting. But yeah, so far, that's all I have to say about that. And I appreciate this topic that you guys gave me. Um, and yeah, we're going to see what happens. Um, but yeah, so far, other than that, I, that's all I have for you guys today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed what I had. I hope you guys enjoyed what I had to say about this topic. And yeah, I'll get right back at I'll get right back at you guys about that one. But um, yeah, um, until then, guys. Um, until, um, oh yeah, um, I will keep you guys updated for more news about the Giants or more updates if there are any, um, I'll, I'll also keep you guys updated for more lists if I can think of any more or if there's any questions or comments you guys have for me, if you guys already know what to do, go down in the Q&A section on Spotify, and yeah, I am free to answer or talk about anything that you want to talk about or answer anything that you want to ask me but until then i'm out peace